Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another significant ruling involving the 45th president of the United States. You probably heard about it by now. You probably heard it just on uh, CBS. A federal appeals court, three judges, unanimously ruled that the former president, can be put on trial for trying to stay in power after losing the 2020 election, rejecting the uh, sweeping claim that Donald Trump and his attorneys were offering up for presidential immunity. Reading a portion of what the judges said in a resounding rejection of President Trump's claim, we cannot accept former President Trump's claim that a president has unbound authority to commit crimes that would neutralize the most fundamental check on executive power, the recognition and implementation of election results. Nor can we sanction his apparent contention that the executive has carte blanche to violate the rights of individual citizens to vote and to have their votes count. I agree with that 100%, but I don't know this as well as the uh, judges or our next guest who's joined us a couple times before. His name is Justin Crow. He is a professor, a professor of political science at Williams College, and he specializes in the Supreme Court and constitutional law. And like all of our guests, Justin, back on with us. He's on the uh, John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. To me, Justin, this makes 1,000% sense that no matter the power, that you should not have, I'll just use the words that the three judges use, carte blanche to do whatever you want to do without legal ramifications. Did they offer up the type of ruling you expected today. They absolutely did, and thanks for having me, Chad. Uh, I think that uh, you put it well. The ruling by the D.C. Circuit here, by the three judges there, um, was a, a pretty decisive win for, for the special counsel for Jack Smith and um, a pretty direct repudiation of the kind of... Uh, 
absurdly broad and ostentatious arguments that Trump's attorneys were making in this case, which was a blanket immunity for for all actions that occurred during a presidential term, whether or not they were related to official duties, whether or not they were uh, in violation of of laws that that would be held applicable to ordinary American citizens. So uh, I think really what the Trump team was asking for here was was not only unprecedented, but almost unthinkable in the context of a system of the rule of law in the context of a system where no individual, um, including and perhaps especially our elected officials, are above the law. So I, I looked at some of the ruling and I mean, parts of it talked about unprecedented attack on our federal government, undermining the will of Congress. And I watched a number of commentators today and I don't think they were surprised, but they noted that how forceful the words were and how decisive it was. Did any of that surprise you in any way? Not not just the ruling itself, which you laid out very well, but the verbiage, the words they chose in rendering this decision. I don't know that they surprised me, especially, I think, in in part because, as I said, the claims that the Trump legal team were making met such a hostile reaction um, when this case was heard at the D.C. Circuit last month that the Trump team was pushing arguments so far, uh, the claim that that a president could uh, instruct the Navy SEALs to assassinate a political rival and somehow not face prosecution unless the president had also been impeached. I mean, it was it was laughably absurd. And so I think the the reaction or the the strong tone that you're talking about in the in the per curiam opinion here, and I think it is a, a kind of strong, decisive, emphatic tone. I think is in re, is in part in response um, to the outlandish arguments that were being made. Right? Perhaps if the Trump team had made a more nuanced argument, and there are nuanced arguments that have been made about presidential immunity in various circumstances for various reasons in various ways under certain conditions. Uh, perhaps if you had had one of those. Um, um, the ruling might have been a little softer, a little more gentle, a little more hospitable to presidential power. But when the claims that are being made are, are that aggressive, uh, I think, frankly, it seems based on the opinion that the judges were were offended legally, constitutionally offended by the kinds of arguments that were being made and felt an obligation to convey that in the strongest and most explicit terms possible. Well, within this ruling, Justin, as you know better than I, they've set a deadline of February 12th for the Trump team to attempt to appeal this um, to their full body and to eventually move this up to the Supreme Court. Now, the Supreme Court this Thursday is dealing with the Colorado ruling where they have decided that the president due to what happened on January 6th and the insurrection allegations, Colorado's decided that Donald Trump's not eligible for the ballot. So the Supreme Court is going to hear that case on Thursday. What What is your instinct right now on whether this particular case, the immunity case, will end up in the Supreme Court and – Does the Supreme Court have any reluctance to deal with multiple separate cases 
involving the 45th president of the United States? All right. So we've got a couple things here. One, uh, the the panel today included a kind of interesting twist here, and we don't usually talk about judicial opinions having interesting twists, but an interesting twist here that that Trump has two options for appeal. One is, as you noted, to appeal to the full D.C. Circuit, all of the judges who sit mm-hmm. there, rather than just the three who are on the panel. The other is to appeal directly to the United States Supreme Court. Um, and, and interestingly, obviously, part of Trump's strategy here has been to delay all along, right, to appeal as much as possible, to drag this out in the hopes that trials are punted until after the election, at which point, if he's mm-hmm. president, he can have sure. the charges dismissed, so on and so forth. Um, so what the D.C. Circuit panel did today was to say that if Trump appeals directly to the Supreme Court, if, they, if, if he skips over appealing to the appellate court, they will keep the, the proceedings of the trial suspended until the justices decide what they want to do with it. But if Trump chooses to appeal appeal to the full court of appeals first, basically to add an extra step of delay. And he said, they said, if that happens, then it is not remaining suspended and that trial preparations can continue forward while the D.C. Okay. Circuit decides whether to hear it or not. So we've got a little he, he's got to kind of choose your own adventure here, right? Does he want to um, add mm-hmm. a potential extra step, which is the D.C. Circuit, but have trial preparations resume? Or does he want to go straight to the Supreme Court? So that's point one. Point two is about um, the the collision of this case and the Colorado ballot access case, which the court is hearing on Thursday. And so we have, I mean, we're really in kind of uncharted waters here, right? Not only in terms of a president being uh, prosecuted for, or a former president being prosecuted for acts that were committed, but also in terms of a presidential candidate being removed from the ballot via the insurrections clause of the 14th Amendment. And so the court, I think, if any of the justices were being honest, if you could give them truth serum and ask them this question, None of them want to be hearing either of these cases. Right? Both of these are incredibly politically consequential, politi- incredibly political, politically polarized cases that the court would really rather not weigh in on. Um, but Colorado and, and Maine, to a lesser extent, forced the court's hand on, on that particular case. And so the court's going to have to hear that on Thursday. Uh, my expectation, I think most people's expectation, is the court will overturn the Colorado Supreme Court and reinstate Trump to the ballot. Um, not probably by saying that what he is what he did on January 6th didn't constitute an insurrection, but via any number of procedural routes, basically saying that uh, the clause isn't self-executing and requires a conviction on an insurrection-related charge or requires Congress to take action um, in order to make it operative or something like that. Um, having done that, the court's already agreed to hear that case. So that's, it's got one Trump ballot case already on the docket. The question is whether it chooses to hear this one or not. And the Supreme Court doesn't have to hear the case that was decided today. If it wants, it can let the lower court decision stand and simply choose not to take the case. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the court to take the case to be the final word for the Supreme Court to have a judgment on this rather than a circuit court. But I think there's a real open possibility that the court not wanting to weigh in on seemingly every aspect of Trump's legal troubles and not wanting to have a case with the name Trump uh, either before or after the verses in every uh, on kind of every Every day of term for the rest of, from now until June um, may well simply decide to let the D.C. Circuit Court 
opinion stand. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Two last points, and we'll let uh, Justin Crow uh, go. He's a professor of political science, uh, specialized in Supreme Court, constitutional laws at Williams College. You can tell from... The conversation he, he knows this very, very well. Okay. Um, for, the, for the Trump supporters who are listening right now, and they're saying, this is D.C. D.C. will not give Donald Trump a break. It is uh, 95% Democrats. This is another political decision against Donald Trump. What do you say to that portion of our audience? Yeah, I understand the argument that we're in a politically polarized nation and that um, individuals and that it's easy to think that individuals, whether those individuals are Supreme Court justices um, or jurors, are more likely to side with their political leanings, more likely to side with their partisan ideology. I mean, I think the only response to that is to say that the justice system is a is a serious one. The duty to serve um, is a solemn one, and that trials take place traditionally in the jurisdictions in which crimes occurred, and that there is um, there is trauma and there is memory and there is significance to having um, a federal trial of. Uh, someone who has been alleged to commit these acts in D.C. in D.C. itself. I can understand why people say that seems like an unfair venue. The challenge is, in a true politically polarized nation, it's not clear what a fair, quote-unquote, fair venue is. Uh, Trump once suggested moving a case to West Virginia, that that would be fair. Now, that's a state that has an overwhelmingly Republican and conservative Mm -hmm. voter population. So it's not... 
totally clear what the solution is. Uh, and Jack Smith bringing this case in D.C. He's brought the other case, the the classified documents case in Florida, which might very well have a more um, Trump friendly venue. Um, but it's a it's a kind of unavoidable circumstance of a polarized political nation that there is no really easy or great solution to. So uh, under those circumstances, unless we have reason to believe that the individuals themselves who will be hearing these cases uh, are biased, the mere fact that it has occurred in a venue and is being judged by uh, individuals who are more likely to be Democratic than Republican or more likely to be liberal than conservative um, can't really suffice as a reason to take it elsewhere. And then just finishing up, And going back to what's going to happen on Thursday with the Colorado case and whether Donald Trump will be on the ballot, the conversation has come up many times about Justice Thomas. The fact that his wife, excuse me, Ginny Thomas, was very involved and was in contact with the White House frequently on ideas that I thought were lunacy, but that were ideas that supporters of the president offered up in trying to stop the transfer of power, overturn the results. So then the question has come up, because of Justice Thomas's wife, Jenny, because she was so involved, should Justice Thomas step aside? Should, should he recuse himself? There's zero signs he's going to do this. Do you think he should? I think he should. I think uh, he should, if for no other reason than whether or not there is a conflict of interest, the appearance of a conflict of interest um, is reason enough in, in not just a case of enormous national magnitude, but also in, in any ordinary case, right? Uh, if, a, if the case involved some sort of regulation and, and Justice Thomas's um, best friend was one of the attorneys, or, or let's take it out of Justice Thomas entirely, Justice Kagan's best friend was one of the attorneys, she would be expected to recuse herself, even if we could say, you know what, uh, she's going to be able to be, be neutral on this because she's a person of integrity. Um, it's not to insult Justice Thomas's integrity or to, or to suggest that he is um, biased or partial on this, to say that there is great public interest in these cases and there is substantial public value in the belief that these decisions were made um, without not only impropriety, but the appearance of impropriety. And so um, out of an abundance of caution, I I would think he should. I do not think he's going to. Uh, And obviously, this question about judicial recusal was something that has come up recently in a number of cases involving Justice Thomas, involving uh, Justice Gorsuch, um, involving Justice Alito. So there have been a couple of these. And I don't think we're going to see him recuse himself. Supreme Court justices rarely recuse themselves. Justice Jackson actually uh, did recuse herself from two cases recently, one involving Harvard and affirmative action because um, she uh, sat on the Harvard Board of Overseers, uh, another that she had heard on the D.C. Circuit. So it happens rarely. Justice Thomas has not shown an extreme willingness to do it, and the court in its recently released uh, Code of Ethics has not put real teeth onto the idea of, of when that should occur, leaving it in the judgment of the individual justice. So I do not expect that he is going to recuse himself on Thursday, and I'm sure there will be comments about that uh, after the fact. Justin, thanks for your time. I appreciate it, sir. Okay, take care, Chad. Uh, Justin Crow, professor of political science, constitutional law, 
and the Supreme Court from Williams College. Very good on this topic. I want to react specifically. You always can react. Don't forget, you can uh, reach out to us, phone call, or a text on this particular matter. Jamie Ucas in about 10 minutes, but on this one, you want to offer up uh, your opinion, opine, you certainly can. 651-461-9226. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 